This podcast is a production of WBEZ Chicago. Become a new member of WBEZ or renew your membership at WBEZ.org. We can't do it without you. WBEZ, radio for the curious class. Who's the what is going to be? When, where, where do I? Why is it called? How many? Besides the most, how many people? I was wondering. When are we going to get our? What? You're listening to the Curious City podcast from WBEZ Chicago. You ask the questions, we answer them together. The underground. It's a term that's shorthand for secret organizations, for nefarious activities, for bands that are so cool, nobody even knows about them yet. But you know what? The underground is also an actual place, as in under the ground. We got a question about that kind of underground, Chicago's underground, from Carrie DeSelm. I have heard there's a network of layered tunnels under the city. Is this true? And if so, what was the purpose of the tunnels when they were designed and built? WBEZ's Robin Amer did a lot of reporting on the tunnels, and here she tells us about one of them, 40 feet directly below Carrie's high-rise office. Carrie had no idea how right she was. By our count, there are at least six different tunnel systems under the loop. You can see a full list of tunnels on our website, along with a drawing that shows how deep they are. But here, I'm going to tell you about the most interesting tunnel. This tunnel system is unique to Chicago and got famous for a short time about 20 years ago. And the nice thing is, I can show our question asker that it's right under her feet. Hi there, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, are you Carrie? Hi, Carrie. Sean. Sean, nice to meet you. Carrie works at LaSalle and Adams up on the 19th floor of the JW Marriott building. She's heard rumors about what's below ground. It was under construction recently for the Marriott, and so I think through that process we've learned a little bit more, and I'm eager for the opportunity to maybe see those sub-basements. Basements that connect to some tunnels. But we need help to get there. Engineer Steve Richards agrees to take us into the bowels of the building. We're going down to the first basement now, down the stairs. It's all back of the house for the hotel. We pass through some maintenance rooms, then some stairs. Um, We're heading down to the second basement. (laughs) We're going to head back here, and we'll show you where the tunnel's at. Oh, wow. Holy moly. (gasps) Here's what we see. We're on a metal catwalk in a concrete bunker with super high ceilings. It's musty and cool and almost pitch black. Below, there's a pit, maybe six or eight feet deep. This is the tunnel right there behind that metal door. Wow, look at even that door. That door must weigh like 200 pounds. So where does that go out to? The metal door used to open and close to seal off the tunnel. You can't actually see the tunnel itself. Steve says the entrance is bricked over now, behind the metal door. But back when the building was heated with coal, they would drop coal ash into this sub-basement and then cart it away in the tunnel, just beyond the door. But 20 years ago, something went wrong. The tunnel flooded and they closed it off. Steve Richards was here, bailing water out of this basement for a whole week. There's like 7,000 sandbags we dumped down there. The flood was what, in 1992? Mm -hmm. So does that mean that these thousands of sandbags have just been there for the last 30 years? Is it 30 years? No, 20 years, (laughs) sorry, 20 years. Yeah, they've been there since 92. Who's going to lug those things out? Those weren't too pleasant, those memories, I'll be honest with you. I came to work that Monday, I didn't go home till Sunday. Okay, so you may want to know more about this flood, right? 
Steve Richards wasn't the only engineer up to his elbows in water. Many of the loop's other buildings flooded too. This was national news. The sound of running water. This week in Chicago, it's the sound of disaster. A quarter of a billion gallons of Chicago River water flooded an abandoned network of freight tunnels connecting most major buildings downtown. Most of the water is still down there, rushing through the tunnels and filling the basements of many skyscrapers. NPR's Ira Glass joins us now from member station WBEZ, and not the NPR Chicago Bureau. Is that right, Ira? That's right. Our Chicago Bureau, the power was shut off yesterday. And that wasn't the only building affected. Transit historian Bruce Moffat was working in the flooded merchandise mart. As the news came in, he ticked off a list. There's a who was who of Chicago that's no longer here or operates under different names. The Builders Building, which is an office building at LaSalle and Wacker, is now just the 222 North LaSalle Building. The Edison Building, which is where the Chicago Board of Education now is. City Hall, of course. One estimate said that the flood caused over a billion dollars in damage. So yeah, tunnels? You've got some under your building, Carrie. But why are they there? In 1899, the city contracted with a private company that was supposed to install telephone cables underground. Again, historian Bruce Moffat. The aldermen are thinking, okay, it's a telephone system. But somewhere in the process, and it's not clear exactly where, the company's promoters decided to build very large conduits that just happened to be big enough for narrow-gauge freight trains. It was a tiny, literal, underground railroad used to deliver freight and coal and remove ash from buildings like Cary's. They wanted tunnels under the whole city. They got as far south as 16th Street and as far north as Superior. But buildings switched to electric heat and trucks replaced trains, so the tunnels became less profitable. They closed in the 50s, and the city ordered them sealed after the flood of 92. So what, if anything, is left of them now? Next. Four urban explorers venture back in time to uncover the lost ruins of the Windy City. This tape is from a Discovery Channel show produced in 2005. Site 1, the secret network of freight tunnels buried beneath downtown Chicago. This week's urban explorers are Steve Duncan, urban historian. I've wanted to get into the freight tunnels for years now, but especially after September 11th, it was not easy to get in. I mean, Steve Duncan has explored tunnels all over the country. Sometimes with permission, and sometimes not. With the TV crew, we got permission from the city to go into City Hall, and we were taken down to a sub-basement room where we were then taken to uh, a doorway that led into the tunnel system. Duncan and his fellow explorers stepped into a dimly lit tunnel system that was strange yet familiar. The freight tunnels are marked with the street names of the the streets above, right? So we were able to use a a regular street map for Chicago to navigate in the tunnels. The coolest thing that I thought that we found was it did one of the old locomotives. Uh, It was really almost uh, toy-sized, probably four feet high or a little bit shorter. Today, the freight tunnels house utility cables for companies like ComEd and Verizon. Other than that, they're largely forgotten. But Steve Duncan says we should remember the tunnels. When we start ignoring bits of the world and ignoring bits of history, it sometimes comes back to bite us in the ass. And that sounds pretty pedantic and moralizing, (laughs) but the long and short of it is that, hey, there's a lot of really cool tunnels down there underneath our feet. Don't we all want to know about that? Isn't that awesome? Carrie thought so. What about you? Go to wbez.org slash Curious City 
and let us know what you think. And while you're there, check out our complete list of tunnels with illustrations. Robin Amer, WBEZ. As good as your imagination is, you probably cannot imagine how beautiful this poster-sized illustration is that Robin mentions at the end of the story. Thanks for that goes to the super-talented Eric Rodriguez from the Illustrated Press. You can head to wbez.org slash curiouscity to see what the six different kinds of tunnels look like that can be found under Chicago streets. The print-ready file is also downloadable, so you can, I don't know, wallpaper your bedroom with it. And if you do, send us photos. Thanks for listening to the Curious City Podcast. Curious City is produced by WBEZ, Chicago Public Media, Ziga, and AIR, the Association of Independents in Radio. Our senior producer is Jennifer Brandel, Sean Ali edits the series, and Logan Jaffe is our multimedia producer. The Curious City podcast is mixed by Sarah Liu with help from Mickey Capper and editing oversight by Andrew Gill. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or listen to our back catalog in SoundCloud. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at WBEZ Curious City. Lead find Financial support for Curious City comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Chicago Public Media creates award-winning content about the issues that affect our community, our nation, and our world. More information is available at chicagopublicmedia.org. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.